Welcome to the Grounded Stylist Podcast, where mindfulness and the beauty industry meet. I'm your host, Brooke Kenyon, and I'm passionate about teaching stylists how to stay grounded behind the chair and cultivate their dream career in life. Join me weekly so we can grow and journey together as you learn tangible pathways to success while protecting your peace. Hey, well, welcome to today's podcast. I am so over the moon excited to have Presley Poe with us today. Um, They are one of my favorite people that I have met through my industry journey, and we have shared some fun adventures together um, when I used to hang out in Hanzo land, (laughs) and um, I am just super excited to have them with us today. So what we are going to be talking about is Presley is a trailblazer in the industry and an award-winning hairstylist whose creativity has no bounds. They've been um, found educating on main stages and salons across the globe, sharing not only their styling expertise, but also a message of positivity and inclusivity within the industry. So welcome, Presley. Super excited to have you. We are casual today, hanging out in our robe post Friendsgiving. Yes. <laughs> 23 people in my, my apartment. It was magical. And I'm just relishing in all the love that's continuing to come through. Everyone's messaging about who was that person? They were so cool. And what was that food? It was amazing. And yes. yeah, it feels really good. So I was like, I'm not getting out of my robe today. Not even yes. for you, Brooke, my love. <laughs> I, love, I, I love, love you. It. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I love it. I actually was like, Hey, so, or well, they messaged me and we're like, so I'm in my robe and I'm like, well, we can just do audio. And then it was like, ah, fuck it, you know, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's like, I just, I've never been one of those people. It's like, oh, I need to be dressed up or like have the perfect angle or like always post like, you know, me and my best. I'm like, I am a real person, like yes. real people and fart we do real and robes. And we do real things, you know, and I just so happen to do hair, which is pretty freaking dope, you know, which is pretty freaking cool, right? So, um, diving right in, I always want to ask, because I feel like our listeners want to know, like, how did this story happen? Like, how did your story begin? How did you get into the beauty industry? And ultimately, you know, educating on main stages. Like what did that progression Mm. look like for Presley? I'm like, which, which story did, which story begin? I feel like I've lived so many lives. Um, (laughs) I think, I think that the thing that a lot of people ask me, like, how did I get into hair? Like what Mm. made me want to be a hairdresser? For me, it was actually, Yes, I cut my Barbie's hair, by the way, and everyone else's hair who would let me. So that is yes. a part of my story, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it didn't feel like a choice. I've had this, like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, since I was really young, I've just had this, like, internal navigational system. Mm-hmm. I remember smelling perm solution for the first time and thinking, that's it. That's what I'm doing with the rest of my life. Like it I was don't even the perm know. solution. <laughs> it was the perm solution. Oh, and I, I just it. remember like I had these small, like acute uh memories of like um I remember driving by like 
a salon one time and this tiny Asian hairstylist, like, you know, the ones that'll cut your hair for like $10 or -hmm. something. I just thought she was like the coolest thing in the whole world. She like whipped this cape over someone and she like, I just thought I was like, that's like a Superman vibe right there. Like that's Superman. I'm sure of it. And then she (laughs) like moved her clippers like super duper fast on the neck. And I was like, that's it. Like, I don't know what this person is. And all of a sudden I had an aspiration to be five, two and (laughs) with black hair and you know, a completely different, (laughs) you know, like I just want to be a five, two Asian woman (laughs) with whatever that cape is and whatever those clippers are in her hand and however much she charges us that I'm doing for the rest of my life. I'm in. This is Um, what I'm living for. (laughs) This is what I'm living for. That was my new aspiration. Um, And, you know, I just, every time I saw a hairdresser, it didn't matter which, you know, so, so called caliber that Mm. they were, you know, I didn't have any idea about any of that stuff about like the classes or the echelons or elite or any of that until, I don't know, a year ago. And um, Mm. yeah, I just always thought that no matter what they were doing, they were superhumans. I just thought that is the coolest thing in the world. And I'm going to do it. So I think yeah. it was like four, the first time that I was ever actually introduced to a salon. And I'm from Oklahoma. Mm. So like everyone permed their hair, like my Mima <laughs> permed her hair. Right. I'm, she probably still gets perms. That's for life. Um, I got my first perm when I was 19 months old. So that's a thing. Whoa. Yeah, that's a little alkaline for the baby scalp. That's cool. But you know, there there are other children out there who are getting perm solutions to straighten their hair at around the same age, which it's just you know, it it can be very controversial. My mom was a hairdresser, so when we didn't really know what we were messing with chemical wise, you know, exactly. Uh, And now we're like, oh my god, like maybe that was a bad idea. Really intense. Maybe that was a bad idea, and like you know possibly that was not the best idea sorry to throw that story in the mix but (laughs) no I love it no I love it uh but yeah I just I thought that any kind of hairdresser in any sense was just like some sort of literal magic and whatever that was I needed to be in it and so I remember like my Mima was uh they call them bibliophile where you're obsessed with books and hmm. she would read these huge novels. Like we'd go to the, we'd go to the library and check these massive novels and she'd read like four, 500 page books in like a week. I have no idea how she did it, but she'd right. be like, okay, well it's time. She'd be like, it's time to read. And I'm like, great. So I'm like four years old and I'm back there with a pencil and I'm like rolling her hair on it. Like Jesus is oh. going to come home real quick and be so proud of me. <laughs> and I was like, I just was like, it's time for your roller set me And she'd like have her book. And she just be out and I'm just working away. Like I'm going to make your hair curl on this damn pencil. (laughs) And I was like, I, yeah. So I just have all these tiny flashes in my childhood of me. Just, you know, I cut my own hair since I was forever. I mean, basically I've had like three haircuts by other people in the last 40 years. Um, Right. Yeah. It just never felt like an option to me. It was just always like, I know that I'm going to do this thing. And I just didn't know what that looked like. Um, right. But as far as educating goes, it was kind of, the sequence of events was like four years old when I smelled perm solution and knew that that's what I was doing for the rest of my life. Probably six <laughs> yeah. or seven when I realized that I really wanted to just be a five, two Asian woman doing hair for the rest of my life. 
and whipping a cape on people like that because right. it was magic and I just needed to Boom. own that own that magic whatever it was and then as soon as I went to school I was 17 years old so I actually left my home I was uh what do you call that where you're like a parentified child you emancipated uh so I was emancipated um, yeah. because my parents were not in support of my career. And so I've just had this, I don't know that I would call it rebellious, but I just had like, I knew who I was and what I wanted to do. Right. And I was just like, they wouldn't let me go to community college while I was in high school. And I was just like, I don't care. I'm doing, I'm doing it. So I left, I went and I went back awesome. to school. I went to cosmetology school. And I put myself in and I've been a hairstylist now for 22 years. And the Amazing. moment that I walked into the school, I knew that I wanted to be an educator. Like I knew it. And it's kind yeah. of the same situation, right? It's like, I just would see people and hear about what they were doing. And I remember thinking like when I would meet hairdressers that were um educators at the time and just how like disinterested they seemed i was like yeah oh what do you do because you know you could tell a hairdresser in public like every mm -hmm. single time I was like oh it's a hairdresser yeah and yeah <laughs> they were they were like oh i work for so-and-so and they were like oh you know and they'd kind of just like toss their hair and look at me like take a sip of their wine or whatever and i was like oh and i'm just on the edge of my seat I'm like how'd you get into that what does that look like for you yeah you know how like this is so cool and then just say like Oh, you know, it just kind of happened. And I'm over here thinking, you don't seem to care. And you got this thing and I care so much and I right. can't seem to find it. And I was right. like, how, why can't I get myself in the door? Right? Like, why don't I have the yeah. resources? And the thing is, we all have the same resources. It's just knowing where to look and how to utilize them. And so. So true. Later much later 13 years later and I was just like I was going through a lot of life stuff and I just knew that the universe was giving me like a giant bitch slap and was like get it together you're not doing what you know you need to do right and I, like I just knew it because I was so miserable and I was just not supported in my environment and it was just like I was like the person in school that was like least likely to fail you know, yeah. like I just was not a loved child and I'm not trying to like pity party. It just is what it is. And, but right. I chose me and I left that place and yeah. So I, I let, I sold everything that I owned, um, literally everything. And I had full books, a beautiful girlfriend. I had a vintage sports car. I had like a cute, um, apartment like a bungalow in the arts districts. Yeah. Like I had finally like done all the things that I thought that I'd wanted to do for myself and I couldn't grow. I couldn't get in the doors where I wanted to. And so I did, I just said, screw it. I choose me, which is really hard to do for those of you who might be listening. Like choosing you is not easy. It means mm. that you have to like essentially unchoose others. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I had to put me first and I just, I sold everything. I sold my car. I left my girlfriend. I moved out of my apartment. I left my books of, you know, eight years in that salon. Yeah. And I moved across the country on like a whim. I thought I knew two things to be certain that I wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. And I have no idea why. I just knew <laughs> that I needed to. And yeah. 
I knew that I wanted to be an educator. But within the first six months of me living here, everything happened so fast that like my head spun. Like it was just like, and I remember thinking like, this is what it feels like when you choose you and you move in the direction that you're called to and you are where you are supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of set everything off on this journey of like, everything is happening for a reason. And it really taught me to trust myself. Yeah. Like 100%. I just, I'm like, nope, I, I think it, I do it. And therefore it is like, yeah, I know that in me now. So I just move forward. And that's a hard and practice I don't have to get a in oh, oh my God. It's, it's, it's unbelievably difficult, but like, you don't know that you don't trust yourself until you see yourself on the other side and you go, Oh my God. I literally didn't trust myself. Yeah. Right. And I held myself back in so many different ways. And now I'm like, right. like, I can't even imagine having the mindset that I did before, like the limited mindset. And if anyone's listening and you're like, well, I think I trust myself. And like, how do you know if you don't trust yourself? If you say something like, I'm going to go do this, or most things for me would start with a question of like, I don't know. I just feel really drawn to the Pacific Northwest. Like, I think maybe I should be there, but I don't know, you know, like what would I do when I get there? Like, what's it going to be like? How yeah. am I going to find a job? How am I going to do this? What did da, 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 da. What should I, it's like, yeah. that is a brain gaslighting you. That's the yeah. untrust to trust says, I know that I will not let me down. I know that I feel drawn to this place for a reason. I'm going Mm -hmm. to take this step and I'm going to move into that space and I'm going to trust myself in this process because I'm going to protect myself with my actions. Right. Yeah. You know? And so now I just, that's how I just move through like everything, even haircutting. I'm like, no, nope, I, I got I know it. what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I do. I got it. Even though I can't see what's on the other side. I'm just going to cut this eight inches yeah. off and I'll figure it out. I, I feel that with my soul <laughs> and I'm a cutting educator like, too. So <laughs> um, it's a whole no, thing. I think it's beautiful. You know, the fact that you stepped outside of that space to learn how to, you know, like you said, trust yourself. And I um, literally just recorded with uh, Faded Ink as well. And we had a a similar conversation where you took that step where you Mm -hmm. were like, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm going to this place because I know that that going to that next space that feels scary is actually going to be exactly where I meant to be. And so you really do have to trust your, your intuition, your guts telling you like, move here and you have to, mm-hmm. I, I say the universe drives the bus and I, I get myself in trouble when I jump off at the wrong stop. Right. And then I have to kind of take the curvy path back to the universe driving the bus. But if mm-hmm. I let, if I follow that uh, intuition that I, I end up in some really cool places that I, I couldn't have probably fathomed if I would have stayed in that limited closed off sort of mindset you know, and, um, yeah. So everything, everything, you know, beautiful to me lays on the other side of fear. So you just have to kind of get through that. And I love that you said learning to trust yourself. I mean, that's a awesome way to say it. So, um, when you 
when you first started educating, were you like with a major manufacturer right away or were you with a little more smaller? I know freelance probably wasn't really big at that time yet. I think at the time, no, it wasn't big, but like if you were a freelance artist, it was like, whoa, yeah. like how do you do that? You know, yeah. like it's so I crazy. still feel that way. Like it's, I still feel that way again. Like, you know, I, I still feel like what kind of dream am I living in that I can do yeah. this independently, you yeah. know? Um, but I do have so much a lot to navigate. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, listen, listen, you know, there are people in this industry and I think people really live to judge. They're like, Oh, well they could have done that. Or they're so pretentious. or they're so this, or they're so that, or I don't know why they don't do this. Or maybe, you know, just whatever, stay in your lane or do this or they shouldn't do. And I'm like, I'm telling you when you get into the ring with that echelon of people and you see what they're navigating to be where they are, you understand them in a whole different way. And I just want to ask people to give grace to the people that are on the stage because the amount of vulnerability, the amount of strength, the amount of grit that those people have to get to where they have, it literally means they have given up everything to be there yep. for you yep. like everything yep. and it's a huge deal um yeah. so like people are not like give grace you know because if that's what you're aspiring to be you're going to learn along the way that like you've got to give things up that meant a yeah. lot to you and a lot of time um to do it so yeah but no i i had initially started out working for the company pravana so i was yeah. doing color and it you know, I had no idea what to expect. So I started working for Pravana, incredible company, gave me some of the most prestigious education I've ever actually had from any company. It was beautiful education through that period. And I was just such a sponge. And I was so lucky. Like I really look back and I think like they were the first person, I'm going to call them as an entity, a person. Yeah. To give me a chance yeah. to say, I see something in you. And instead of telling you to get small and step down, which was the entirety of my life, they said, we want to bring you up. Yeah. And literally they just threw me on the stage. Like I had no idea. <laughs> they were like, I was like, yeah, I had said it in like in a Facebook post or something like it's my dream to be a platform artist for this company. I'm so inspired, blah, blah, blah. And like we went to a show and I thought I was just going to be handing people bobby pins and doing shampoos and blowouts. And I was totally (laughs) in. I was like, there are levels to this. I am in. And then like all of a sudden they were like, here's your model. And they gave me the model that was like, if her, her palette was not easy to work with. I will put it that way. Where, but I always say like where other people see a problem, see an opportunity, right? And I yeah. knew that that was a moment that they were testing me of saying, right. okay, you're here. Now show us what you got. Nobody else like, wants this all- lady. <laughs> exactly. And they go, yeah. hey, here's your model. And I slayed it. I slayed that model. Yay. It was beautiful. And then they were like, after I did the color and I did blah, blah, and she got used to her updos and stuff. And they were like, and Presley, this is your model over here. My first stage presentation was for updos. Ah, okay. Okay. And when you're on a stage, you have to do everything backwards. 
So I'm doing an updo. I'm not an updo specialist. I'm doing, I yeah. do them. I do them. I do them. Okay. I am not Lala's updo's. Okay. I am not like, you know, yeah. Uliana, you know, Luster. Yeah. I'm not these people. So, but, and I look over after my presentation, which I am like shaking nervous. And Stephen yeah. Goddard, who is the owner of Pravana, was just out of my peripheral vision watching my first presentation i was like mortified like yeah. oh my god dad was in the room and he saw me yeah. i'm fired like i'm never gonna be able to do this again oh my god it was just like a whole oh man it was yeah. wild well we know you did it again and you did it great and you have continued to inspire people um on stage and um in person you know you do intimate classes as well in your work with Hanzo and in your own space now at Gold Studios so my next question is in the hectic and often demanding industry that we are in what daily practices or routines do you use to nurture a positive mindset and ensure balance throughout your day um so everything is an option, right? Mm -hmm. So a positive mindset yep. is a conscious decision to always see the two sides of the coin and to choose the part that makes me feel proud of myself rather than not of like, yeah. I'm a realist. I'm not an optimist, but I can choose to always check myself in the perspective. And I think after enough trauma, and surviving things that were really awful. And you're like, okay, actually, I think there is something to this whole, like everything happens for a reason, you know, and like right. hanging on to that because you just start to see the rhythm and the cycle in it of like, okay, because of the way that I was able to shift my perspective in this given moment, I was able to move into my silver lining. But had I sure. chosen to live within that space, then I would not have chosen my abundance, right? Right. So I think- Every day I start my day with what we call a sacred morning, which is just setting intentions and listen. Okay. So sacred mornings, right? So I learned this principle that I was already practicing from uh, the hair love retreat, who I'm now one of the sacred yeah. stylists um, and sacred, sacred mornings. I was like, oh my God, I'm super aligned. I'm already doing this. And now I have a word for it. So I wake up and the first thing I do is I listen to frequency. So I will pop in my headphones and I'll listen to like Rose Quartz frequency and I'll listen uh -huh. to it pretty high and it just clears space in my brain. Cause when I wake mm. up, it's like, my brain's like, let's it's go like so <laughs> busy. And so I just 10 minutes and I set a soft alarm and it's all like galaxy, right? So I'll set a soft alarm, pop those in. And just 10 minutes of like clearing my brain. And there's something about that specific frequency for me that makes me mm. like super melty, but not sleepy. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I physically cannot move right now, but I'm not sleepy. Like it like right. makes me just stop. And I check it out. So, oh, it's so nice. I'll send you, uh, I'll send you what I listen to on Spotify. Please but um, do. yeah, the Rose Quartz sound healing frequency is really magical for me. And then I make my tea and I got myself a little bed tray. So it's really cute. I make my tea and I do my cards. So I do a reading every morning, just like a check-in, yeah. which is kind of like journaling for me. So I'll read my cards 
past, present, future. And then I journal about them and just kind of reflect. Um, and then I, you know, drink my tea and I check my emails, which I find very cleansing to just stay connected to my people. Um, and then I go to the gym and I have about an hour long workout with a 15 minute stretch come home. I do a program called Thistle. So it helps me stay where I'm actively eating like very dense micronutrient heavy food. So I'm fueling my body through the day, which is a huge thing for hairdressers. Like we are malnourished. I really cut back on caffeine. Like I don't do coffee so much anymore. It's like a really nice treat for myself when I do, but I do double bag that green tea. So don't judge. Um, <laughs> like, I'm still getting my caffeine, but I'm but I'm not doing like pre workout and coffee right. and tea after. I'm literally right. like I do a double bag of green tea, so it's really soft on my tummy, and I put some honey in there. Today I had spicy honey, and that was freaking delicious. I was like, I'm a freaking genius, mm. and yeah. So and then uh, I go to work. So a really nice like calm morning, and so something that's sacred to you, it means that it is not on the table to be moved like it is like this is sacred to me like non-negotiable this is is non-negotiable like I need this time I need this space I need this clearing in my mind so that I can continue with my positive mindset so that I can continue to adjust myself throughout the day so that I can protect my energy and so that I can continue to give back like I just realized like it's interesting that I've become this very wholesome person. Like I'm just like legitimately wholesome. Like I'm like, yeah. who am I? You yeah. Know? But it, it's all encompassing. Like I was a punk rock kid, a candy raver, yeah. like, you know, yeah. and I've become this very like, domestic, yeah. like Martha Stewart. But I'm like, because I have to embody everything inside and out because yeah. whatever you take in, you set your algorithm to push out. And I just have right. to be like, Oh, I have to choose me always so that I can continue to give back to others. It's just this big cycle that continues, you know, it's it's like a different kind of work. It's so weird. Yeah. You know, I think that like, um, a friend of mine said something to me many years ago that has stuck with me and I actually brought it up to him, um, a few weeks ago, but it was like, um, always becoming, and I, I think that mm. that's really what it is. You know, I'm always becoming the next, the next version, the next level, the next evolution. And when you say, you know, I, I mean, I love to go to rock shows. I was a candy raver for a period. I was a B girl. I love, love, loved it. And um, now I, I, I have just such a different perspective on what I want for my day-to-day life. And I kind of laugh and say I'm more mm-hmm. normal than normal people because Dude, you know, everyone, expects us, everyone expects us to be so blah. And I'm really just kind of like, mm. yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm like, you're I have my moment. Like, I mean, don't push me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's why we got to be so still all the time. Cause I'm like, Oh, you want to play? You do not know my past, you know. Yeah, no, also, I don't want to. I don't even want to tap into that. things. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, listen, don't make me revisit something. No, I've actually yeah. made it like a conquest. I'm like, it's a boundary. Like, I don't, I don't put myself in situations in which I would revert to anything right. that wouldn't make me proud of who I am today. 
you know, right. but at the same time, that. it's nice to know that I have that tool in my toolbox, you know, I'm like, <laughs> if it comes down to it, in our toolbox. you know, like, <laughs> uh, let me break up my, my own self, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me take a step back for about a half a second and then I'll meet you back over there. Like, um, I love that. <laughs> so let's see, as someone who has achieved great success as a stylist and an educator, how do you navigate behind the chair difficult clients while still prioritizing your mental health and your energetic space? What are some specific techniques and practices that you find helpful behind the chair? I think this topic of difficult clients is very interesting. Mm, yes. I, I just, the only time that I would say it's a difficult situation, you know what? It actually reminds me of people saying, oh, well, I'm just hard to love. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You are hard for that person to love you. Thank it you. was difficult for that person to love you. Yeah. I love right. you just fine. I think right. you're magical, right? Like right. I love a boss bitch who sits in my chair, who's bossy and tells yeah. me exactly what they want and why yeah. they don't want this and why they don't want that. I'm like, okay, girl, just break it down. Give it to me. Let's have it. Let's and do it. Let's do this. And the thing is, is it's not easy for everyone to match energy, but when right. people come to you, I think it's really important to understand why they are doing something and not what they are doing. Right. Like I'm sure there's a whole bunch of women who are going to listen to this and y'all have been in this position. The estrogen is kicking and you feel in some <laughs> kind of way, your man, maybe not wash the dishes and you turn around and you cross your arms and you big mad that he didn't come over and hug you. Right. Right. You know, that situation. And then you're like, well, you didn't want any, and he's like, you didn't want anything to do with me. You turned your back on me and you're like, you should know that I want you to come over here and hug me because I feel some kind of way, but I didn't tell you about it, you know? And so when we think about exactly. And the dudes over there like, what? I don't get it. You know, it's like, I thought everything was fine. Exactly. It's the same concept of like this person has had a lot of trauma. They're coming to you. They're anxious. They're maybe a little bit avoidant and they're trying to control the situation, the narrative, because they feel out of control. Right. Those are my people. What they're asking for is make me feel safe, please. Yeah. Wow. And the best way you do that is just educate them and validate them. Okay. So what I'm hearing is Da, 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 da. No, that's not what I meant. I meant this. Okay, can we get a photo? Yeah. Okay, so I see that your word for that is this. However, in our industry, and then validate yeah. them, though you're not supposed to know this because I'm the one who paid the money for the verbiage, is this. And they go, oh. And you just talk them and walk yeah. them through and say, yeah. so you want this bang, this fringe, this, uh, I got you. And they look yeah. at you like, oh. Okay. You mean you get me? We're <laughs> like you get me and you're gonna yeah. handle my energy. Like I love yeah. a white knuckle client. Like come at yeah. me. Because th- this whole like I'm easy to please thing, like that's fine and everything. 
But if they're that easy to please, they can go have five other girlfriends and everyone's just as good. I want to be top right. dog. I want to be like bottom right. B, you know, like, right. so <laughs> come in, come at me, like, tell me, give me all the big energy. Cause I will set you up. And when you make those people happy, they yeah. don't leave. They yeah. will pay. They will wait. They will do whatever you say. They will take care of their hair. They will tell everyone in the freaking world about you. They'll bring that big energy into the bar. I literally had a client tell me, they said, I had someone walk up to me and tell me, I am not leaving this bar until you schedule with Presley Poe. Your curls need her. And they were like, <laughs> what? And they were like, I'm not leaving yeah. until you do it. Yeah. And they were like, your hair needs Presley. And they did it. And they came in and they're like, I'm so glad that I did this. And they go, I don't even know who right. this person was. They walked in, they saw me, they did the thing and they literally left. And I'm like, those yeah. are the clients that have big energy that probably sat in your chair yeah. that were super terrified of you. And then you give it back to them and make them feel safe, validated, seen and heard. Like you got a lifer, man. Like, That's but magic. you go out talking about people in some negative way and saying you're a difficult client. Cause you know yeah. what you want. Right. Like the only time that I agree with that is when someone comes into my space and yep. fully tries to dictate, don't touch yeah. my tools. Don't tell me how to do my job. Don't like, you know, don't tell people, don't speak negatively about the people in my space or other people outside of that in my space. Other than that, yeah. you solid. Let's go. Right. Like, Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. You know what? I love that because I, um, I also am like that with clients. So that uh, resonates with me so fucking hard. Um, I am always the one that's like, how are you with that person? She's so difficult. I'm like, I have no issues with this client. I'm like, like that's my, they're clear. They came to they're my Thanksgiving dinner. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I like, that's my family. Too, like, what? I love the part where you said this conversation around difficult. I was kind of wondering where you were going to take that because let's face it, man. These are the people that literally pay for our lifestyles. So what are you really in business for? Are you being of service to people? And do you understand that they are not just a client? They are they are how you survive financially. So there there is a huge energetic exchange there because they're mm. actually, there needs to be some boundaries for people that can be unhealthy, which I would say in my 24 years, I've only fired maybe two people because mm. I set, because they were, uh, they needed to be just like, Hey, you're not a good fit for me. Let's try to find you another stylist. And I even did right. that very tactfully, you know, it wasn't like get out mm -hmm. of my fucking chair, you know? So yeah. I think that the conversation needs to be, are you really being of service to your client? Because they're mm -hmm. the ones, you know, they are the, how you bought the clothes that you had on. Like without um, them, I'm nothing. Like right. literally stage to the side. If I didn't have clients in my chair to give me content, to give me permission, yep. to allow yep. me range, to give me trust, like yep. to give me freedom with them yeah. or like the ability to ask them could you show me how you style your hair so that yeah. I can know you better and service you better and like things like that it's like without them who am I yeah I don't have a career yeah in my in in the way that I look at things and also like let's say 
that I got canceled for something because whatever, we don't know. And who's going to be there? Your clients. My clients. Yeah. Not the stage. Yeah. Like it's the insurance policy. It's the backup plan. It's the funnel of all the things that don't work in the world, but work well behind my chair. It's my advocacy. It's my service to people. Like, like my clients, that's like that. That's where my heart is. Yeah. But also I look we shouldn't at my be assholes to them. too. <laughs> no, you know? we shouldn't. Yeah. Like we yeah. really shouldn't. Yeah. And, and yeah. yes, I'm not saying you should allow anyone to be an asshole to you either. But like, that's the energy exchange is like, you're in my home and you will take your shoes off when you enter. However, yeah. I will feed you, bathe you, close you, sit you. Yeah, and I will exactly. like hug you before you leave and you can yeah. put your shoes back on and walk yeah. right back out. I got yeah. you, you know, but you, yeah. you went, you went dad's house now. Like this is how it's going to go. <laughs> you know, we'll take good care of you while you're here, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Um, yeah, I love that because I think that there is a lot of that going around. I actually did talk to Andrew Carruthers about it as well because it was like, hey, we need to watch this conversation because we were really? there's a lot of negativity out there around clients, unfortunately, on our social media channels. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's shift that perspective. I love the way you said that. Like, let's talk about um, you know, shifting how we're thinking about these situations. And maybe that mm. person just really needs to be seen and heard. And honestly, at the end of the day, the vast majority of stylists are there to be of service. So, you know, let's dig deep in those moments instead of um, looking at the negative perspective. So I think um, what uh, the next question I want to ask is kind of in the same vein, but a little more to like your personal life. So I know kind of what you do in the morning, but what are some boundaries maybe that you set to protect your peace as far as like um, how you enforce your scheduling or, you know, people mm -hmm. uh, messaging you like me personally, for example, I have, I have two phones, you know, I recently just started mm -hmm. doing this where I have my work phone and then I have my personal number when I'm not in working hours my work phone's in my office and I don't touch it, you know? So mm -hmm. what are some boundaries that you set to kind of protect your peace just in your personal life? Yeah. So I don't drink. I quit drinking two years ago, this December. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And that was a huge, like monumental step forward for me. Um, simply because it was just a different way to choose myself of yeah. like, you know, it just really was not benefiting my life. Like, right. I, I live my life under a microscope, you know, like when you're, when you're where I am in the industry, like people are yeah. just waiting for you to do yeah. something stupid so that for they sure. can tell everyone, see, I told you so. And, yeah. which is fine whatever I literally don't mind being under the microscope because I am a wholesome little shit who just like I live <laughs> eat sleep breathe hair and like I'm good to people like it's fine go through yeah. everything I have I don't care you can go through my text right. messages I literally it's like not a thing <laughs> however I just you know I couldn't put myself in a situation anymore where I was like oh I don't remember having that conversation or right you know I hear you. I probably shouldn't have had that person walk me back to my room last night. Like whatever it is, or like, I just yeah. don't really like to be unhinged in front of my people. Like I have a yeah. lot of self-respect and respect for my community. And I personally just didn't feel good 
with my relationship there. Yeah. So not drinking was a monumental step in the right direction. Um, right. And, you know, working out for me is a big, like I need to get out a lot of energy. So I work out really hard um, and that's been really cool. But as far as like, you know, just the boundaries that I implement in life in general, I think living by a very structured schedule yeah. is, it sounds rigid. And I think that there were times in my life where I was more superfluous, where I was just like, okay, you know, I can just, yeah, whatever. I'll just make plans. And then I found myself always double booking or forgetting things or doing this. Or that. I'm like, I'm ADHD, OCD. Yeah. I got all the acronyms, like just give it to me. <laughs> I'm like, it was not working. And it just felt right. like for so long, I was playing catch up. It was yeah. like, I would, I lived a life of act now, ask for forgiveness later. Because right. I would do the, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to freaking make it to your thing. I got double booked and I was super busy here. And I was right. just like, dude, I'm over this. Over it. Yeah. I'm over this. Like if I tell someone I'm going to do it, like now it's to the point where it's like, I said I was going to do whatever. And therefore I will move a mountain to do it. Like I will right. pay, do whatever, because I am a person of my word. I am an honorable yeah. person. That's what honor is. It's like doing what you say you're going to do and do the right thing when no one's looking. That's integrity. Right. So I have right. this like Northern guidance that I just like, everything has to align in that. So I think as far as like, when it comes to my boundary system, it really is, does it align with my personal mission statement? Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm out. Like I'm out. And yeah. I don't care how much money they throw at me or how big the person is like, there are some people that were in the industry before who got canceled for the right reasons. And usually I wouldn't say that, but this is like some real shady things that went down and you'll never see a picture of me with them. Yeah. But I worked around them all the time and I missed right. several opportunities when they were on the major come up. But I knew I was like, that's not how I want to be associated because there was a lot of yeah. drugs, alcohol, all those things happening. Yeah. I just didn't align with, and yeah. you know, putting people at risk in different situations that I didn't align right. with. And so I was like, dude. And so when everything went down and it all came out, I was like, I wasn't on that sinking ship. I'm, you know, like <laughs> I saw that. Thank coming. God, I just never went there because it didn't yeah. align. And I right. think that's the thing is like a boundary for me is not clout chasing. Yeah. I just refuse to do it. I won't do it. I'm not going yeah. to attach myself to something or someone just because they have numbers, just because they have clout. Like it's a boundary, Absolutely. and it actually keeps me from doing a lot of things because I'll be like, that just really doesn't align with my Northern star component. And I, I say yeah. Northern star. I think that Brit, Brit Steve often talks about that in her trainings, which I'm not in, but I don't want to take anyone's, you know, verbiage. So right. um, some credit there. Your it's, true. North. Yeah. It's like in my yeah. true North. I don't, I don't diverge from it. Yeah. And that's very difficult. Like even in personal relationships, like new boothing, yeah. I was like, listen, Here's my list, you know, consistency, yeah. honor, integrity, like these things. Like if you don't show up like this, like you're out yeah. when they were like, we were like, let's do this thing. It was like, okay, but we should have, we should have a talk about expectation of being together. 
Yeah. And I was like, I have one sentence for you. Protect my heart and my career with your actions. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's just that simple. Like, yeah. But that's a difficult equation for people. Yeah, it really is. And I think too, sometimes people just don't really, um, there's just so much programming out there that it's like, well, you know, even people understanding what their true North is can be a, a hard path to go on, which is why I love doing the type of coaching and mentoring that I'm doing now, because it's really trying to discover more about yourself so that you can find those things that are either hell no or fuck yes. And Mm -hmm. that's when you choose that place. And I always say too, like when you're in the right perspective and in the right mindset, it's a lot easier for you to hear that, that small voice, that small voice is your intuition. That's the, that's the fuck yes, you know, and you have to make sure that you're not listening to that um, you know, fear-based or ego-based voice that tends to be a little louder and a little more chaotic. <laughs> um, I think the ego is such a kind of in the wrong thing direction. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. You know, and that, like knowing your limitations is a really big one too. Like, I yeah. have no issue saying, you know what, I'm not actually qualified for that, but give yeah. me a year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me a minute, I'll figure it out. <laughs> give me like a year and I'll work on this. And then I will circle back to people and be like, okay. And then the amount of times that I've like, I'm like, all right, let's do this. And they're like, okay. Like I just released a scissor. I wait. I sat on that for a year. Congratulations. Did I do that? I was like, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. Also, I don't really know you. I don't know what you're saying for. So I sat back and I just watched. I did the same thing with Cosmoprof. They hit me up and I was like, you know what? I'm really good right now, but let me watch you. Let me see yeah. the people that you have on your team. Let me see how you're moving. And I just thought, and that was a huge deal to turn down an offer that was a massive, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a decent amount of money. And I was like, but you know what? I don't know. I, you know, you've had a lot of fluctuation in these ways. Is that going to be happening? Yeah. Like, I just want to watch you evolve for yeah. a year. And I just thought Presley, if an opportunity is there today, it's not that the same opportunity is going to be there tomorrow, but I will build the, the platform that will yield me more opportunities within that way. I was like, I'm just going to take a chance and say no, because I, I know that if it's flowing right now, it's not going to stop if I'm on the right track. Right. And I need to be aligned before I take the contract so that I can do my best instead of just showing up and not doing my best. Yeah. I love that. I love that because then you're, you're choosing for you too. And that's another form of self-care. You're like, Hey, you know what? This sounds really great, but I'm not quite ready or not necessarily ready, but like, that's not the space I want to be in right now. So like Mm -hmm. you're, but, but you're still like headed in that direction. I love that because I think that, a lot of people have this, again, fear-based situation, but I don't take this opportunity. It's never going to come up again. You know, there's like and... a balance though. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, there's a point where you're like, oh, but then at that point in my life, it was like the opportunities were like, were, they kept coming and I was like, oh, right. I'm really tapped out right now. So yeah. <laughs> I just need to make sure that if I do this and if it aligns here, And then this, like, you know what, actually, like, I'm going to have to say to myself, 
Presley, you need to make sure that wherever you are and whatever room and ring you step into, that you're going to be able to do your best. And if you take that right now, you're not going to be able to show up fully. And I just right. told them that. I said, if I do this right now, I'm not going to be able to show up fully. And when I do something, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I want to make you proud. Will you just watch me for the next year? And if you still want me and we're aligned, like, can we do this? And they were like, yeah actually sure and like, okay actually. <laughs> and then I hit them up and it was a bigger number and a bigger position and I was like hell yes you know like, yes let's go but it was like because I took that opportunity to talk about them right to say right you know I really like this company and like I would tag them in things that I wanted them to see and be like look what I'm well, doing well that seems you know? more like, authentic than somebody just coming in and yes. handing you a contract and all of a sudden you're like you're you're just blowing in the wind right like because we see that yeah. too where it's like oh you were married to this and now all of a sudden you're married to this and so it, if you're kind of fostering that, that was, relationship I yeah. did not want to be in that position I was like I yeah. never in my career want to be or look like I have been bought, bought and paid for yep yep because I'm yep. not for sale and I yeah. had that conversation very early on with someone who's a very dear friend of mine now, but we had like an actual argument about it. We were rooming yeah. when I worked for Pravana and they were like, yeah, but everyone's bought and paid for. And I was like, I'm not. And they're like, yeah, but you would be. And I said, no, I wouldn't. And they're like, yeah, but no. everyone would. I said, I just said I wouldn't. We got into this whole thing and I was like, <laughs> let me put you up on game. Like, you don't know me, but you will. And at the yeah. end of the day, you're going to see like that, 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 that. And now it's yeah. been like nine years and she'll still just be like, dude, you know, like you told me and you meant it. And I'm like, but I you showed that. Me. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. I'm going to show you like, I don't yeah. waste words, you know, yeah. like I put yeah. my freaking feet behind them. Like, let's yep. go. Yep. So yeah, it, was it has like, to be I something to that make... we believe in has to be I have to make yeah. very discerning decisions because yeah if you're in a place of leadership I want people to be like you know I've watched them put one foot in front of the other and like yeah. they seem to know that they are I lay a path in front of me I don't wait for it to unfold you know right. I just connect the dots and I right. want people to feel safe with me that they can take that advice and move into that space in the same way for sure you know I love that I love that. Well, listen, this has been an amazing conversation. And I want to ask you kind of in closing a question that I like to ask everybody. Um, as a stylist that is also on a mission of sharing mindset and self care, I'd love for you to share with our listeners. And I think we've already touched on this, but I just want to make sure if we're missing anything. Um, how do you um, avoid burnout. So we've talked about some things that you do as far as like routine, but do you ever find that you need to just kind of like check out, close your books, like, like take a vacation? Like what are some ways that you kind of like long-term avoid burnout? I think one of the, the most determining factors, honestly, it's like arguing with a spouse, right? It's like, I think it's all the pre-work of like the, the whole thing is to not get to the point where you're yelling <laughs> right. at each other. Right. Right. right, right of right, like, right. I want yeah. to not be at the point of burnout to where I'm taking care of yeah. myself on a regular basis, which is just literally like people forget that your first relationship is with yourself. 
yeah. how you speak to yeah. yourself, how you move within your life. Like, are you abandoning you? Are you standing up for you? Are you doing, you know, what are you doing for you? And so when it comes yeah. to that, like I have some kind of telltales of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point that I need a break. Yeah. One of them right. will be like, you know, when clients sit in your chair and like you turn your back for one second and they lean up and then you have yeah. to readjust the yes. <laughs> yes. and all the yes. things you have to like, move the hair back and that now the color's yeah. folded and you're like mother yeah. and I find myself get really irritated about those things <laughs> and now I could just laugh about it because I'm like oh Presley you salty you know like I'm just <laughs> I'm just on the verge of burnout like so there's yeah. always like these yeah. tiny little things that I'll be like why am I so mad that like this person won't keep their head still or like at the drop of a hat (laughs) yeah if I'm like what'd you say I'm like oh I think I'm exhausted (laughs) like I think I'm really tired and then I'm like all right fine and you know now I just look at my manager and I'm like can we make sure I have a four-day weekend in like the next month and then as long as I I have something to look forward to um then then I'm fine I think it's just Look for those little signs in yourself that you know, and probably someone else wouldn't know that tell you that you're getting to the point, like past no return, right? And before you get to the point of no have. return. <laughs> exactly. Before yeah. you get to that point. So yeah. I think just like studying yourself, studying your actions and really yeah. seeing how you're stepping up to that can help you take the time you need, even if it's like, you know what? with your partner just being like, I think I just need a date, you know, like I feel really irritated with you and I want to run away from you. So I think what I actually (laughs) need from you is closeness, you know, because that makes sense. Not to run away. Um, (laughs) I actually need to not run away because I'm having a trauma response. I'm having a, I'm having a, I'm having a tick. So I need to like, we need to have some intimate time. So behind the yeah. salon, it's like, oh, instead of being like salty and mad or like talking crap about my clients, I just look in and I go, oh, yeah. you're just feeling salty because you're hangry and you're tired or yeah. like yeah. you just haven't had a day off for two months. Like that tracks, you know, <laughs> and I love it. You're like, so then I just say, hey, book me off for a four day weekend because I think uh, yeah, the thing I'm is like, too. Part of recognizing is then acting upon it instead of just yes, saying, yes. oh, I'm at the place. You need to make the space also on the other side of that, or it's just going to continue to degrade for lack of a better way of yeah, saying it. Awareness doesn't change action. People talk about right. awareness. Like it's like, okay, someone can be blatantly aware that they're an asshole, but that doesn't mean that they're going to change the fact that they're an asshole. You know, right. like we can be aware of the fact that we're in an abusive relationship in whatever what way that might be, whether it's with yourself or with another person. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to take the steps to choose us to get out of it. So it's yeah. one of those things of like just making sure that not only are you practicing the awareness of like, I see that this is happening. I'm understanding why it's happening. And these, yeah. this is called solution oriented communication. Then these are the steps that I'm going to take yeah. to move myself through the situation. And that's just right. how I basically try and format every situation in my life is like, okay, yeah. this is where I'm at. This is why I'm there. This is my role in it. 
And these are the steps that I'm going to take to either foster and nurture that, or I'm going to neutralize and alleviate myself out of that situation. Mm. And it's just like I every single thing is like, a, it's that little like, okay, so what is this? Yeah. Okay. What's my role? Okay. Yeah. And then do I agree with this or disagree with how I'm yeah. moving through this? And if I agree, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go that way. And if I don't agree, I'm like, okay, so these are the steps I'm going to take to remove myself in the situation. Um, Perfect. And stay within that. my awareness. But yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love a lot that. of work. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's a, it is an ongoing, that's why I said, always becoming. Um, so I, yeah, uh, I love that. typically pull a card, um, when I do Ooh, yeah. a, a podcast. Um, so the one that I pulled while you were speaking is, um, understanding, which I find poignant. Um, but a clear vision is the gift of seeing with not only your physical eyes, but also with your spiritual eyes. Um, well, the, I know, right? Um, the eye of Ganesha symbolizes the state of grace that is reached through your willingness to do your spiritual work in this lifetime. As you focus on your life lessons, you reclaim the true meaning of your being. You have the talent and determination to continue on this course before you. The eye holds the key to your higher consciousness and your gift of awareness. Look for deeper meaning in ordinary experiences and work on being more observant. Remember to live in balance with your physical and spiritual bodies. Ganesha asks that you give yourself permission to be free in order to attain the joy that your heart desires. I mean, can we even? Yeah. Like that is, that is divine connection if I've ever freaking heard it in my life. <laughs> and because I just don't believe that things happen without purpose right it's like yeah. this is why I pull my cards all the time I really believe yeah. that when you are in your divine connection to yourself like you yeah. pull clear clear messages through you like it's like clear I almost just hear something like it's like a conversation of like Presley yeah you know it, it helps me get through everything I'm being like oh I call it integration like I just feel very yeah. integrated with myself I don't have yeah two two people talking in there anymore all the time <laughs> yes you yes, know I don't have yes. I don't have my little self yelling at my big self and I'm not I don't gaslight yeah. myself all the time and I don't have imposter syndrome all the time and like all these yeah. things like I read this book called unfuck yourself I don't know if you've ever read that yeah but, me too um, I have it yeah. yeah and it's a good book it's about kicking that roommate out of your head or that second yeah. voice like you said and really just kind of not living in the noise. And um, yes. so I do love that, that, you know, an understanding, having that clear connection. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think it went with the conversation today. So um, if so people beautiful. want to connect with you, do you, how do you feel that is best done um, to reach out to you? Do you have a website? Do you like to do DMs? Do you prefer email? I mean, literally, you can reach me however you want. So okay. you could go through the website. Uh, yeah. You can go through my Gmail, everything. I'm like, Google me. It's right there. Yeah. So like I'm the Googleable. website's there, my Facebook's there, my Instagram. I'm Google. Yeah. I found that out from my ex-son, my, my ex-stepson. Unfortunately, I don't get to have him in my life yeah. anymore. But he, he was like six years old and I get in the car and he's like, you pick him up from school and he goes, I Googled you today. Yeah. I learned that and from I turn around like what? <laughs> I go, what are you talking yeah. about? And he goes, I googled yeah. you. You're good. I was like, I've never even googled myself. Like <laughs> what? 
And I then I did, it. and I was like, oh, like oh. everything about me is on Google. My kids do that too. They're like, mom, you're Googleable. And they'll do like reports at school and they'll be like, um, have pictures of me from Google on there or whatever. And then they're, yes. oh, I showed my friends that you can Google my mom. I'm like, oh my God, it's so funny. Listen, um, this conversation was amazing. I love connecting with you. It's been too long, friend. I can't wait to see yes. you face to face. Um, but until then, thank you so much for being um, here with us today. It was an honor and a pleasure. Yes. And I look forward to uh, our next chat. Yes. Thank you so much. It was good to see you. Babe. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Grounded Stylist Podcast. Remember, your journey is not just about creating outer beauty, but also about nurturing your inner self. So keep aligning your energy, embracing your uniqueness, and cultivating your dream career in life. This is Brooke Kenyon, your guide and coach. Until next time, stay grounded, protect your peace, and live in love and life.